Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and bring your hand and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. I'm being honest with you all. I'm a bit nervous. It's been an eventful few days. I'm a newly ordained deacon giving his first ever Sunday homily in the presence of the parishioners of Our Lady Perpetual Help and as also my family and friends who have traveled such a long way just to hear me give this first homily. Oh, and I would also like to add that Tuesday, I get to preach in front of the seminary community so please pray for me. They are a bit of a harder audience than you are. <laughs> but with all this change, for me comes a fear of the unknown. An unknown that comes from a new beginning. Just like the apostles, I embark on a new way of life. I am in no fear of an angry mob of Jewish leaders like they were. Instead, my fear is directed towards an unknown, rather a new horizon. So like our first bishops gathered in that upper room, I too wonder, where do I go from here? However, I like to think I'm not alone in my anxiety. What about us? Where have we been and where are we going? Just to recap, we endured the sorrows of Holy Week. We kneeled in repentance on Palm Sunday at the words, he breathed his last. And like taking a fast curve on a winding southern Indiana road, we go from Calvary sorrows to Easter joy, 
Alleluia, we sang at the top of our lungs. That Alleluia that was silenced for 40 long days greets our soul like a greeting of a long lost friend. We witness souls be made new through the font of salvation at the Easter Vigil. We sang Jesus Christ is risen today on Easter Sunday morning. And then we went back to work. We went back to school, or like me, I went back to school on Tuesday, but most of us on Monday went back to what we normally do. And like the good Catholics that we are, we can never celebrate just one major feast day on one Sunday. This is the second Sunday of Easter, the second of seven Sundays that we celebrate in the Easter season. And then we go back into 23 weeks of ordinary time, and then we find ourselves right back in Advent. So where do we go from here? Rather, what is the Easter message? And as it pertains today, what is divine mercy? And what does it have to do with us? And how does divine mercy, the name of this Sunday, follow us not only in the Easter season, but in all seasons and in all times? I believe the answer lies in a little saint from the 19th century. Her name was Therese, Saint Therese of Lisieux. Like many of the apostles, she thought loving God in her early life, in her early life, she thought loving God meant having all the right answers. And being bold in her faith meant proving her love to God. She proved her love in ways of prayer, litanies, devotions, nominas, novenas, and all the many other Catholic practices that she could think of. But she later in her life discovered a deep yet simple truth, and it would define the latter years of her life. Her revelation was simple but yet profound. God is mercy and love. God is mercy and love. My friends, that is divine mercy, that our God is a merciful and loving God. That is our Easter cry, that God is mercy and love, period. Not just in the Easter season, but in each and every moment of our lives. And how do we know that he is merciful and loving? Well, the answer lies in our gospel today, and to no surprise to us, the answer is Jesus Christ himself. What does God's mercy and love look like? It's simple. Peace be with you. Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, truly God and truly man, our Lord and Savior, who endured suffering, died for our sins, and is now risen from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is the incarnate, merciful love of God. And the peace, of Christ, and the peace that Christ offers is not just for his apostles, but he gives his peace to each soul that is made anew in the waters of baptism. That is the merciful love of an all-loving God. But we have to understand the peace of Christ is not just a good feeling. It penetrates the depths of our souls. 
It is the love of God that our heart longs to possess. In Christ Jesus, whose very death opens to us the love of the Father, makes the merciful love of God real. So real that when he gives that greeting of peace, it cannot be contained. His peace moves us. Rather, it must move us to share the peace of Christ to all that we meet. Souls who live in the peace of Christ do not keep that peace to themselves. They share it. My late grandmother always used to greet those who called her, no matter who they might be, whether they were Christian or not, with this simple phrase, may the peace and joy of Christ fill your heart. That is the Easter message. What a great disservice we do to our Lord when we keep that peace to ourselves. My friends, so many poor souls today don't know the mercy or love of God because they have no peace. There's no peace in their hearts. Because of the peace of Christ has been substituted for the false peace that the world likes to offer. To be an Easter people means that we cannot stay in our own upper rooms with doors locked in fear of the world. We must storm the world with the Easter message that our God is a merciful and loving God who loves us so much that he sent his only son to save us. Jesus liberates us from the unknowns of the world with his peace. That Easter peace of Christ forever changes us. We embrace the unknowns that remain, whether it be the unknowns of inflation or political unrest, the unknowns of the church's future, or even the unknown of our own future. As we all face these unknowns, whatever they may be, the peace of Christ equips us to face all our unknowns. So we must ask ourselves this day, will this be our Easter message? Will we rejoice with the disciples as we celebrate the fact that our Lord is truly risen and share the peace of Christ, the peace of the risen Lord with a world that desperately longs for him? Or will this Easter just come and go? Jesus has the same message today for us as he did for his apostles on that Easter evening. Peace be with you. Blessed are you who have not seen but believe. And I hope, I pray, that we who are filled with the same peace of Christ that filled his apostles will move more souls to proclaim the same profession that Thomas cried that Easter morning, my Lord and my God.